Hello from the past, present and future, I'm Scott Hamza and thank you so much for tuning in to the sixth episode of the second series of Time Travel Film Club, a weird, wild and bloody marvellous playlist of time <laughs> travel films you might not have seen spanning time, space and absolutely definitely quality. <laughs> <laughs> Joining me as always in the TTFC, to my right, it's our resident science expert and the man who puts wise in Samwise Gamgee, it's James Donnelly. Very I, good. I take that as a compliment. I mean, everyone knows that uh, what women really want is a Samwise Gamgee. And if yeah. I'm that man, I'm happy to be that man. <laughs> and to my left, it's our film fact finder extraordinaire and the man who puts jugger in juggernaut, it's Adam Hedges. <laughs> I got them juggers. <laughs> I was going to say, what's the machine in Mean Machine? And I was like, what does juggernaut even mean? The word, <laughs> you know? It's a good point. Astronaut, we all know. But juggernaut, what does that... I don't know what a jugger does, to be honest. So, episode six, halfway point. We're at the halfway stage uh, of season two. We've had brain locks. We've had pies. Pies are plenty. We've had crosswalks of doom. And up again, to add to the collection today, it's Adam Hedges, Who's, who is who is on some shit <laughs> because he selected Slipstream. Yeah. Not 1989's Slipstream. No. With Mark Hamill. Not no. 2007's Slipstream. No. With Anthony Hopkins, directed by Anthony Hopkins as well. No. It's 2005's Slipstream, directed by David Van Eysen, written by Louis Morneau and... Philip Badger, starring Sean Astin as Stuart, Ivana Milicevic as Sarah, Vinnie Jones as Winston, and Kevin Otto as Jake. The film has a runtime of an hour and 23 minutes, and my first question is, Adam, who hurt you? <laughs> I picked this film because I knew you would appreciate it. And appreciate it I fucking do as well. Because there's not, there's not a lot more I'm going to say about this until we get into it, but I think this was worth talking about. As a time travel film. So that's the reason. Let's not discuss it anymore. Uh, by the way, I've just found out Juggernaut is not even the same origin as like astronaut and aeronaut. Oh. It's a Hindi word, which means Ooh. master of the world. Oh. Very. Is it one word total? It, it is uh, J-A-G-A-N-N-A-T-H. One single word. Wow. Meaning lord of the world. And it's derived from Sanskrit. Jagati, meaning he goes. And Natha, master. So the master of everything. So uh, if by calling him a jagger, you're calling him a he goes. Cool. And you go um, hard, and my he friend. Fucking yeah. goes. <laughs> All right. Before we take some mescaline to ease the journey, <laughs> where did uh, where did we watch this? Where did you guys watch this? From? Weirdly, I rented this on YouTube. I've never rented Very anything nice. off YouTube before. It was two ninety nine for anybody who wants to know. Neither have I. Uh, two ninety nine is a good price, though. Uh, mm -hmm. James, where did you watch it? Just a classic Prime Video uh, rentals on Amazon. Very nice. nice. And it, yes, as did I. I rented it on Amazon. Cool. It was in that ballpark. It's nice and cheap. I think it was in SD as well. I SD'd it completely. Four hundred and eighty p. Do you know what? It didn't need any more p's. <laughs> <laughs> if you start watching this film and Mark Hamill's in it, though, just you're on the wrong one. Just uh, pass that. How up. far were you into the Mark Hamill version? before James, you realised it was wrong. James, I watched all of the Mark Hamill film and then realised it was the wrong film. This was my choice. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely, 30 minutes in, I went, do you know what? I I don't think Vinnie Jones is in this. I also don't think there's any time travel in this either. <laughs> really weird. 
If our listeners want to tell us how the Mark Hamill one panned out for them, well, how can they do that, gentlemen? You can like us on Facebook at Time Travel Film Club, or you can follow us on Twitter at Time Travel Club. And if you watch the Mark Hamill one and want to talk about how the wind controls the entire world, yeah. then you can tell us on Reddit, r slash Time Travel Film Club, or you can email us, timetravelfilmclub at gmail.com. Is that the fucking slipstream in that the, film? Mate, the wind. It's, so bad. it's just the is wind. the wind. Yeah, the wind. Yeah, yeah. We ruin the planet. The wind. People is get now turned the thing. into kites. It is a weird <laughs> film. Fucking hell! Yeah. Someone had to make it. Volcano movies, Twister. Yeah, yeah. There's other. You know, you have to make just one about generic. Wind. Again, that's not this film. <laughs> <laughs> and so, without further delay, James Adam, don't try anything stupid because stupid people die. It's time for slipstream. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fuck Ethan Hawke. Vinnie Jones. <laughs> yeah. Vinnie Jones. Jones. Full stop. You were not wrong to think this might be in my ballpark, Adam, because uh, Sean Astin does very little for me. Like, no, I, I still have not seen The Goonies to completion. I didn't watch it as a child. It never... There were sure. many, many years where I thought The Goonies was, in fact, The Warriors, but that's a, a story for another time. Very different film. I kept, people kept talking about yeah. The Goonies, and I was like, yeah, man, all the gangs. Fucking nuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when, when people were loving Stranger Things, and were like, oh, yeah, you know, Sean Astin, Bob from Stranger Things, and then everyone was like, no, no, he's not Bob from Stranger Things. He's Samwise Gamgee from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And then other people saying, no, no, he's not Samwise Gamgee. I think you'll find he is, in fact... Uh, I can't remember which character even is in the Goonies, but he's from the Goonies. Yeah. The whole while I was thinking, yeah, but I mean, I don't know him from anything else. Like yeah. these are those are the only things that I know him in. My personally. first thought would have been uh, 2005 seminal classic time uh, slipstream. I yeah, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I yeah. know about the Goonies thing for sure, but Lord of yeah. the Rings mainly, and then uh, the roided out brother in Fifty First Dates, the Adam Sandler. Oh film. That's yeah, about yeah, it. you're yeah. right. He, douchebag brother. Yeah. 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 He's been in a bunch of stuff, but like, but like nothing. Really. I'm sure. He has. Unfortunately, I don't care anywhere near as much as I do about our man Vin Boy. No, that's fair. Vinnie Jones is a meme. Oh, footballing legend, Vinnie Jones. F- footballing legend, Wimbledon, sure, all of that stuff, but very much at exactly the time that we were coming to sentience. I don't know the Wimbledon. Wimbledon? Bit. Yeah, he played for Wimbledon. Oh, fuck. Oh, sorry. See, I was like, I was like, he right, played, played at Wimbledon? For Wimbledon. He's a tennis player? Right, right. No, it's the only club man. he played for that anyone gives a shit about. Right, okay, okay, oh, okay. Sure. okay, okay. okay. Right. For the Vin heads. Cool, cool, cool. Just at that time when we were kind of like coming to sentience, we're, we're, we're like 10, 11, something like that. Yeah. Vinnie Jones is no longer a footballer. He's going into acting. It's, yeah. it's in the news. I remember it as a kid being like, why is this important? But okay. And so you get the lock stock thing, of mm-hmm. course. You get the Guy Ritchie moment for, for Vinny. But it's everything that comes afterwards. It's where he decides, I'm off to Hollywood. Because some there are films where you th- you'll just be watching them casually thinking, yep, this is not that great, but whatever. And then Vinny pops up and doesn't improve it. Doesn't make it worse, just takes it left. But yeah, so Vinnie Jones, just like another, like a minor Nick Cage, just like a guy who makes films or is in films, and he'll be in, in just as much stuff to pay the bills as he will be yeah. for the furthering of his career and acting. And he plays Vinnie Jones. Well, I, 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 I like film. to think that there is a connected, like, MCU universe, like a <laughs> Vinnie jones verse. What, what comes to mind if you're not thinking about Lockstock? What comes to mind when you think of Vinnie Jones doing some acting? Oh, obviously the Juggernaut. Yeah, and yeah, the me- Mean Machine. Yeah, yeah. Mean, mean machine, machine is a great one. Yeah, I know, right? Is he in Euro Trip? 
He is in Euro. I thought he was in Euro. Oh, yeah. He is playing yeah, yeah. nominally the same character. Same character. Yeah. A violent guy who so reminds weird. you every 20 seconds that his character is from England. Mm. It, is he Bullet Tooth Tony in Lockstock? Is that what his name is? Maybe. That does sound quite I feel fitting. like he, he gets shot like six times and survives, <laughs> so he gets his bullets made into his dentures or something. Couldn't have asked for like a better beginning in acting, not just for the quality of the film, but also just for the fact that oh, someone wrote him a role. You don't normally get that if you're just some shithead footballer who wants to do a bit of acting, but someone wrote him a role that is like, he plays it to a T. Yeah. yeah I, I think it's because he is actually a hard man. Like a lot of times someone well. plays, a, plays a hard man in a film. <laughs> well, well he's oh, hang actually, on, okay. Uh, he's uh, not a hard man. No, 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 it wasn't that. I was just going to say, what I would say is one of his uh, all-time video credits is Soccer's Hard Men, the 1992 video, straight-to-video film, where Vinnie Jones just talks to the hard men of football. I mean, okay. he is the hardest, well, was the hardest was man in football. Yeah, yeah, one. yeah, true. Until like he goes to like Brazil and interviews a guy who's oh, been yeah. like drug running as well yes. as playing left yes. wing. <laughs> but now he is he is Just like Ross Kemp. Uh, yeah, uh, Ross vibes. Kemp on gangs. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Who would you have in a fight? Ross Kemp or Vinnie Jones at peak? Vinnie Jones, but only because I love him so much. <laughs> and I just want him to win. <laughs> that you would join him. Yeah, I just want him to win. I want to see Ross Kemp win that fight though i, I mean, want to see, against, I wanna see him I'm with his thumbs Ross. in vinnie jones's arms <laughs> oh wow <laughs> like i want ray mears to be the ref <laughs> <laughs> now uh, uh love vinnie jones we do but we don't open slipstream 2005 with vinnie jones we open with samwise gamgee's massive fucking face uh, uh and a time monologue uh does anyone want to have a pop at the uh, time monologue do you either of you guys want to have to read it no you read it yeah okay great you're in charge Life happens in four dimensions. Subtract time from the equation and all you're left with is space, no motion, no change. Take away time and you take away everything we know, everything we understand. Imagine a stopped clock. No rush hour, no being late, no birth, no death. Your wife could never leave you. This sounds personal Wait, all of a sudden. Screen, what's Wait, going on? With could the... never leave you. She wants to desperately, but yeah, she physically can't. She physically can't. couldn't ever. Philip Badger, who hurt you? That's what I want to know as well. No crime, no war, nothing new, nothing old, no will be, no want to be, no has been. Again, probably from someone who's been called it. <laughs> and then after what's like almost four minutes of, yeah, of, fuck, it's long, of the it? monologue, yeah. uh, we get almost two more minutes of spirographs <laughs> of, of people just doing you remember those things you had when you were a kid it's, you popped it's the spirograph yeah, yeah, yeah. spirograph yeah. that's yeah. it right yeah. yeah you're right we mentioned in what was the film Time Cop we mentioned that the credits are right up top and mm. how like feels a bit weird Time Cop is at least from 1994 yeah. so you're like a bygone era of doing this is 2005 and they front loaded the movie with weird credits really fucking weird credits yeah just yeah. like uh, Windows XP yeah that's what it looks screen like screen saver oh, completely yeah. Windows visualisation thing that is it yeah yeah and a lot of it we heard Time Awaits No Man where am I or Time Waits for No Man rather where did that where am I? That's in a movie Ooh, that we've I covered. Know, know Time is. waits for no man. Um, is it on the ceiling in Predestination when he wakes up? No, because oh, was... it, that's the time travel laws. But I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I know. Actually, I think it's uh, the girl who leapt through time. Uh, it's on the chalkboard. Oh. I say as I just googled it. It's like time. Who... <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, before that, James, it's a Chaucer quote. Oh, right, so yeah. time Ooh. and tide wait for no man. <laughs> the, the fucking tide. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Four minute monologue, uh, two minutes of spirographs. Um, I fortunate uh, the one, 
the one I say the one thing the two minor things that at least forcing the credits down my throat at the beginning of every movie gave to me co-producer Sean Astin so they maybe didn't have enough money to pay him but thought we yeah. need to give him something co-producer have some of the um, profits yeah. uh, <laughs> as I say with <laughs> a big smile on my yeah, face yeah. after the five and a half minutes of, of spirographs and monologuing we can begin this film outright we get to meet federal agents Sarah Tanner played by Ivana Milicevich and uh, Jake Holman or Holtman I couldn't get subs on my version, so... I think it's Holtman. Holtman. I also could not it's get a, subs. A, either way. So, uh, uh, Agents Sarah and Jake. Did you recognise either of them from anything else? I really recognised her. It took me ages. I was watching it for ages and ages. She was in an episode of House. Really? And that, after a while of me looking and searching and being like, no, I've never seen that, never seen that, I realised who she is and where she's from. I know another thing she's in. She plays, um, this is quite a pull, uh, Casino Royale. She is Le Chiffre, Mads Mikkelsen's character. She's his girlfriend in it. Oh, okay. She's got a very severe blonde haircut. Interesting. Okay. You'll you'll know it if like yeah if you, yeah. If well, you see I mean, it. a film you could see hundreds of times, but she probably doesn't speak. In yeah, it, so. no, she doesn't yeah. say a single I, word. I started to think, have I seen her before? And then I found myself instantly thinking of two, fi- three films that all had Mila Jovovich in them mm. instead of her, mm. because I just got, and it's not to say that they look too similar, but I remember the early two thousands is a real moment for Eastern European supermodels becoming mm. actresses in Hollywood. You have Rebecca Romaine, Mila Jovovich, and uh, Ivana Milicevic. Olga Kurylenko. She Olga Kurylenko, yeah, 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 that's a good another Bond, well, yeah. another Bond girl as well. Now, agents uh, Sarah and Jake—they're working for the FBI, and they are on a stakeout to intercept their target, and that target is Stuart Conway, played by Sean Astin. Stuart is a scientist with a doctorate in theoretical physics from Berkeley. Bravo! Oh, classic handsome engineer trope is this. His head is. <laughs> oh, it's personal. Is, his head is cubic in a way that I've only seen. In Feynman Sam's head. <laughs> he does look like Feynman Sam. <laughs> he looks a lot yeah, like yeah. Feynman Sam. I'm not... If someone said it did it, that Sean Astin did it for them or that Stuart Conway in this does it for them, good luck to you, friend. Sure. What I will say is this film makes no attempt to Tom Cruise height correct thing. <laughs> they have oh, no problem no, with him big being point, right? a short guy in this yeah, film. Yeah. And I'm, I would have never said that about Sean Astin because he's always been next to Frodo. Well, he's always been the yes, tallest he's hobbit. Surrounded by, <laughs> he's always he the, the tallest, tallest hobbit. hobbit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I was obviously being a little bit facetious there, but they're quite cruel to him in this film. What does, uh, what does Sarah, the FBI agent, say about him? Like, the second she sees him. It looks like all the other lonely programmers to me. Oh. <laughs> wow. Oh. Jeez. The agents sat in their car. They give us a nice rundown. We, we, we find out that Uncle Sam recruited Samwise to work on military applications. <laughs> Sam and Samwise. <laughs> I really like saying Samwise. Sure, sure. You can keep it. So they, 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 they recruited uh, uh, Stuart to work on, on military applications. And this is where we get a couple of, couple of things dropped in, just a sprinkling here and there of scientific language we get some string theory bopped about but he didn't do anything with the string theory apparently and everything else from his file is has been intentionally redacted by homeland security who have got the fbi on the job apart from a tiny mention of one word slipstream the mark hamill movie the mark hamill movie (laughs) (laughs) he must have been in it yeah yeah we also find out on a sidebar uh b story sarah and jake hooking up uh uh two feds partners hooking up It, it was weird the way they portrayed them hooking up made it just seem very different to any other time you see Hollywood like yeah. portraying it as like a secret love affair. It felt very much like both of them didn't 
really care for the hooking up that they were doing. It was just like a weird... It felt so bizarre. I couldn't put my yeah, finger on why yeah, it was yeah. wrong. And so uh, the, the the blossoming relationship is interrupted by the speeding past on a child's electric scooter <laughs> with the fucking... With the seat, so weird. With the seat attachment and a, gl- and a shiny children's Mirror finished helmet. children's <laughs> I mean, helmet. They Mirror could not have done him dirtier. <laughs> no. Stuart speeds by on his little on his little scooter uh, and uh, straight past the fence. We're like, oh, we, we should go and check that guy out. He might be getting to, uh, to the speed limit. And behind them at the junction, conveniently, are the bad guys for this film. A complete uh, mirror image here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the uh, cinematic delight of Winston, played by Vinnie Jones, and his goons, the Brit Squad. <laughs> no other way. Honestly, the second this scene started, I was like, am I watching Lockstock? Like, yeah. what is happening yeah. here? I, I couldn't believe how similar in setup this scene in particular was to every single Guy Ritchie film. There's a there's a bunch of stuff in this that I think we can pull Guy Ritchie references from. The music's so weird. I, I wrote down at one point, what is with this porno bow chicka wow wow? Yeah. The music is really, yeah. I found it. Like it impacted me. Granted, in the scenes that impacted me, it's impacted me because those scenes are bad. <laughs> but and so, but the music is like every time it shifted into this weird video game loading screen, moody early two thousands. Like yeah. I don't know what it was. I kept trying to put my finger on it. But now that you mentioned Guy Ritchie influence, yeah, I can sit like that track so well for me. What a Adam, what do you know about the director David? Do we know anything about him, David Van? Uh, David Van Eysen? He's described as. A, an experimental filmmaker. <laughs> oh my God. You never Which, want yeah. to be, you, you know. never want to be described. No. When someone says, we know nothing about him and the first word out of someone's mouth is experimental. Experimental, yeah. <laughs> and there are a few, what you could describe as experiments in this film that I hope are never repeated on screen again. Lots of spinning, for examples, that we'll get to in a bit. Well, yeah, I was going to say, There's it's not experimenting choices. if you've seen it done successfully and choose to then do it unsuccessfully i think he done he's done a couple of like music videos for people and stuff as well and yeah. some tv but i don't there wasn't really much on it i don't think i think this was a fairly unsuccessful listen i don't want to rag on david too much because i tell you what i do love i love the brit squad i love oh, yeah. so much brit squad but i always think as well in hollywood British villains are just better. We're just better at it. Maybe they knew that. I don't believe. I don't know how many of them are actually British. These actors. We know Vinny is, but I don't know. I, Vinny. I don't Vinny's know about enough the other, on his own. He doesn't need a gang. The other four, maybe. There's two yeah. silent ones. I could. Uh, yeah, yeah. I could believe they all were. To be honest, yeah, just fair. because I, I think the majority of them are probably South African, which is where this is filmed. The veil slips uh, on a couple of South African yeah. actors later on in the film. We'll but at this that. point, I was like, "Are oh, you either?" American doing wonky yes. British or just British doing hammy British, but because I think I think um, I think South African doing wonky British sounds like bad American acting of British as well. Fair. There is a kind of there is a kind of like voice tone that is very similar between those two accents. Now we are instantly we we instantly see what Winston is here to do. The character Winston is here to do many things. He's here to rob a bank. He's here to be an angry bastard. He's here to hold up a coach. He's here to threaten people's lives. But predominantly, Winston is here to excel at one job above all others. And it's reminding us, the audience, at all times, that he is not from Britain. He's specifically from the East End of London. He's a fucking cockney. Fucking cockney. And that begins right off the bat. We get these bloody Hanks. Not only, not only do they drive on the wrong side of the road, but they are also colorblind. See, that's <laughs> another reason why I chose this film is for that line. Oh, because Scott's colorblind. Yeah, Scott's oh, colorblind. Thank you. Oh, you know, representation right. matters. Representation matters. It's true. 
Yeah, you'll, you'll notice as well, another thing that indicates that it's it's in South Africa is that all, most of the vehicles are right-hand drive. It's just something that, like, oh, fair sticks enough. out. So, I mean, he has no reason to be complaining realistically. It's just no. the van that he's no. driving or in his fiancée is. Dri- he's driving the wrong way round on the wrong side of the road as well, so <laughs> just to confuse things worse. The whole film is filmed in South Africa, right? Yes. Must have been, I mean, I don't know, 2005, why not go film film in South Africa? You know? That's really funny. One of the only film facts that I found, I'm going to say it now because I'm not saving it till the end, <laughs> is, is, is that uh, Sean Astin signed on to do this film, even though there wasn't much of a salary, just so we could go to South Africa. <laughs> he was I like, mean, it sounded like a nice place to go. And I was like, yeah, okay, fair enough, Sean. If they say it's all expenses and it's only yeah. going to be like five weeks, to hell with it. Because yeah. I can't imagine this took film took like longer than a month to make. No, I wouldn't I've, think so. I've been to south africa it's not that expensive a place to go to but it is worth going i have to say and the funniest part about it is meeting all of the expats from other countries that go there because the only reason the only reason they go there essentially is because they want to go somewhere that is as close to western as possible but warm followed through on australia so they <laughs> no. landed halfway no yeah. it's it's the it's almost the exact same time zone as the uk yeah. it's just warmer and uh it's a really interesting place to go before you go and do the rest of the actual culture that you can find in yeah, the area yeah. i guess by this point well sean Aston has done australia and new zealand to death good so, point so it's like oh i need somewhere else that's, that's gonna fulfill point, yeah. my need i'll go to rogue benedorm <laughs> Now, I mentioned a bank robbery. Uh, We're off to the bank. Both Samwise and the Brit Squad rock up to the bank at the same time. But why is he straight in, whereas Vin and the gang, they they sit in their van, they want to plan out their robbery? It's funny you're calling him Wisey, because I'm pretty sure... The whole name Samwise means unwise. It's supposed to mean like a foolish, stupid person, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. 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 Fitting. And... Who else rocks up to the to, to the bank? It's it, the rest of our main characters, the agents. Convenient. They start, yeah, uh, uh, casually, inverted commas, uh, uh, monitoring uh, uh, Stuart as he's trying to take out his entire his life savings, two thousand dollars. They they're just you know sort of like nonchalantly stood there in their in their tireless FBI gear. We get a couple more. We get cuts back to Vinny and the Brit Squad. A couple more. Remember, I'm English. Please don't forget. As if we could have in the last three minutes that it's been. But we also get, what are you, a complete Burke? My mother's favourite word, Burke, by the way. Burke. Loves the word Burke. Mm. I had to Google the spelling. I thought it would have been B-E-R-K. And then second choice was B-I-R-K. I did not think B-U-R-K. I would have gone B-E-R-K as well. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, I mean, the name spelling is B-U-E-R-K. As in Good point. Michael yeah. Burke. Yeah. Which I saw like lots of people had written it mm. as B-U-R-K-E. Work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And as Samwise is emptying his, his his bank account, we get from him, he's trying to chat up the teller Margaret. Oh, it's not uh, this is the worst chatting oh up my God. ever. Last episode, we mentioned Quinn being a creep. Oh, man. I yeah. would argue in th- four sentences of talking to yeah. Margaret, uh, Samwise is like much, much creepier. What's the one that jumped out at you that he says to her? Because I've, I've committed mine to memory. Uh, the, the one that I would say like is the most egregious is when he mentions... Uh, uh, I think, I think it's when he good. says Smelling black like, lingerie. He yeah. says he's, she smells like she got out of a bath, I she think is the one like, like she got out of a bath. And then he says, I just think you'd look good in black lace underwear. That's yes. bad. Oh no, I know what it is. It's when he calls her right. Oh, yeah. oh right! I forgot oh, that one. God. Jesus, it's horrible. It's awful. Gross. Dirty it's little awful. hobbit. That is gross. Dirty little hobbit. Stuart is here, as we mentioned. He's emptying his bank account of all of his money, two thousand dollars, and he's keeping it in his hand. He's doing that on purpose <laughs> while he tries to chat up Margaret. Yeah. 
fails to uh, the nth degree, to an insane level of failure. But he's keeping that cash in his hand as he begins to set what we will find out is the slipstream device. Oh, is that the little Nintendo DS that he has in his hand? <laughs> that, was that your go-to? Scott called it a Tamagotchi. I was like, it's, it's some, it's, it looks it like hard, It looks like a um, like a Motorola razor yeah. that's been halved on the on the on like the thickness axis. Does that make sense? Yeah. Not halved vertically, halved yeah. horizontally. Horizontally. I, I I said DS, but I think was it the SP? It was the Game Boy Advance. Yeah, SP yeah, yeah. was the like little foldy up yeah. silver one. It's also got that fun um, see-through, see-through skin oh, effect. Do you remember the Game oh, Boy Pockets yeah. when yeah, they went yeah. see-through and it was so fun? That sort of like look is on everything at this time period. I remember Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters having a guitar that was made out of like clear perspex. Really? Yeah, it was a big, it was a big thing then. Insane to me that your time travel <laughs> device, a time travel machine, yeah. theoretical physics professor or graduate or doctorate from uh, uh, Berkeley. We're talking, you know, the FBI Homeland Security. It's got uh, an MP3 player and a calendar on it. <laughs> now, I thought that was wild too until I thought to myself, well, maybe he wants to know what the actual day was back in five years before and he needs to be more specific with his dates. I can't work out what music I'd have listening to as I time traveled, though. <laughs> that was weird. As Stuart starts prepping the, the, the slipstream, we see a nearby cell phone tower start shocking up, doing some electrical stuff. This might be the only science fact I've got, by the way, for this whole film. There, there, wasn't, there weren't cool. particularly many. Spaff it now. There's no point saying <laughs> yeah, it until yeah, yeah. Oh, no. I was inspired by you, Adam. Sure. I, I might have a couple of loose ones later about depressurization, but cell phone towers not specifically, so I'm not just talking about you know, bit cell masts, whatever. But AM radio towers, genuinely, the amount of electricity that ends up flowing through them, the current that's generated, is so high that if you touch one without the appropriate gear, you can be electrocuted. You will just be fried, burnt to a crisp. Radio towers? AM radio oh, towers, AM very radio specifically. Towers. Oh, that's interesting. Because the if you think about it, most if you think of a satellite dish, you see it as a kind of big circle with a little sticky out point. Mm. Yeah. The way an AM radio tower is, is exactly the same, but the big circle is the Earth. And the sticky up oh, tower is where the... it's all being focused into. Oh, cool. So the amount of radio wave energy, like the kind of funnels into it means that it is constantly generating power and if you were to touch it you would just be horrifically electrocuted in places where am still exists which is not very many i was places. gonna say yeah because I, my, one of my questions was not fm I, so i don't know as much about fm i just know it's far less power in terms of what am radio is essentially can travel further and has more power and is dirtier than fm Ooh. Um, I had no idea that like dirt radio, ra radio <laughs> that like radio waves cause so much excess power. Oh yeah, I mean, there's you know, a, think yeah, no, like, I had no idea as well. Yeah. I, the way to think about it is: Have you ever? And I think Adam, you may have, Scott. I'm less sure about you. Have you ever built a radio just yes. for fun? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. You can you can build them without power. You can build a radio yeah. that will pick up radio waves enough that you can turn it into audio that you can hear without putting any power whatsoever into your system. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Really cool. So that's so that's one of the reasons why uh, the, the towers themselves are, well, qu quite dangerous. So yeah. the fact that it's a cell tower, I don't know as much about them, but if it works with an a a AM tower, I can imagine it might be somewhat similar for a I'm cell tower. I'm on board with it. And yeah. you know I'm, what? I'll give you that. Philip Badger. I Is it Philip Badger? Yeah, Paul I didn't Badger? think we were going to have a science fact that we could actually apply to this. That's quite nice. And again, for someone to be like, okay, I'm going to do a time travel thing. 
what's my reason for time travel? And so they've decided to go with radio waves, something we've not seen before. Yeah. I, well, yeah. Good luck. Good luck to them. Good luck Philip to Badger, yeah. dirty AM radio. <laughs> <laughs> While all of this is happening, Vinny and the Brit squad, they've been conveniently counting down 120 seconds in their van, waiting for the right time. He's got everything timed out nicely before the Decepticons can roll out. Samwise... <laughs> <laughs> Samwise is now descending into the, the pure depths of creephood, resulting in good old Mags the Teller deciding, fuck this guy, I'm throwing my drink on him. Uh, I'm, I'm all on board. And just as she throws her drink on him, the slipstream activates. I think now's a good time. Like, how do we feel about the device? We spoke about it a little bit in terms of how it looks, but how do you feel about it as a device within the world, as something that could generate time travel, as, as how it's placed within the film, but also just in comparison to what we've seen thus far? I think, am I right in thinking this is the smallest device other than the necklace that we have in... Or um, the walnut in... Oh, good point. Walnut was... A, I didn't think about the walnut, but it's either way. I it's think this season, it's probably... This, it's on par with Bracelet from Mega Time. Yeah, yeah, I think in this season, we've got the biggest and the smallest at the same time. I think we might, yeah. Um, but I do... I that's thought, why backpack is so fun. Yeah. Right there in yeah, the middle see, as a sensible thing yeah, you can carry, yeah, but that's not yeah. a silly silly magic bracelet. But yeah. I did think, like, the walnut is super intelligent future technology, so it kind of gets away with it. The bracelet is magic and therefore yeah. gets away with it something about the fact that this is uh, w- what year was this again 90 2005 2005, 2005. it feels like it's the 90s uh, yeah it does 100 the fact that it was like 2005 technology and it's that small i mean maybe they're doing some greater project of it's the it's actually the whole world that's a time travel device and this is just how we control something like that either way i didn't like it didn't love it they never call it a phone and yet it's using a cell tower a cell it's phone a, it tower. is a phone it's, yeah surely. exactly and it has a calendar and it has an mp3 player so it's just a, it's a mobile phone which is the, i think it's the first time we've had just a phone be the thing i i don't think yeah i think it's it's a weird one because it's like they've put the f- the music and the calendar on it to disguise it as a phone or disguise it as like a media device if you like but it doesn't look like anything else someone says it looks like a pda i forget which character does but they say it looks like a pda and fair enough i feel like it's a little a lot of it is it's 2005 and cell phones are the new hot thing on the market yeah like, i think uh, so uh, everyone's yeah. got a cell phone they've literally just made in 2000 i think it was 2003 or 4 they made cellular the movie where the whole gimmick is like oh, we've got phones so the slipstream activates uh we see time slowed down almost completely and then pretty much just pause for everyone else besides stewart before then reversing the two minutes that he set it for stewart's a bit surprised very happy it did work and crucially he's still got those wages in his hands but he's gone back to a time when the wages are in his bank and so he prepares himself to withdraw another $2,000. It establishes an important rule here, which is that he can go back in time and that things that he's touching, things he's holding, yeah, go, go with back him. with him, yeah. but that the original item returns to its original place. So he's managing to duplicate money. He's solved world hunger, I imagine, right here. Yeah. And he's not being a Lyle, which we know is the worst sin you can commit. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> he's not sending thing. information back. Yeah. He's not sending himself back a, a horse that went... No, he's just going back and committing honest crime. I mean, <laughs> no, he's, all he's doing is withdrawing his own money. Well, here's the <laughs> thing. That's a, good point. That's a good point. His crime is... He can be caught for this crime because, of course, he will have the same serial numbers on all of his bills. Ah. So if he ever did get caught... 
they would just do him for uh, essentially fabricating the money. They counterfeiting. Would do they would do him for counterfeiting. Yeah. But they would never be able to work out how he made them quite so perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Like, these are, on a molecular level, exactly the same. How yeah. did you do it? And he's but he there. would get caught quickly because they would immediately, the bank would go, oh, well, the, the second any of this money was returned to the bank, they would say, right, we've got multiple serial numbers here. We so, need to keep out yeah. an eye out. They would issue those same serial numbers to everywhere. And the very first time after that, he went to a shop and went, I'll pay for this. Someone would look at it and go, oh, you're that criminal. that <laughs> can now never get away with it yeah. because all of your money has all of these serial numbers. Yeah. And they're all hundreds. <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> the one that we'll yeah. definitely check. Yeah, yeah. Anyone who knows him is like, he's, he's been paying with, with hundreds now for 17 yeah. years. <laughs> he loves hundreds, though. He does as love, as he does he love a good hundy. Yeah. Loves a hundred. Doesn't love being publicly decent to females. <laughs> and so <laughs> very fortunately for our creepy thief, for us, <laughs> the creepy thief is stopped by the Brit squad. Their countdown is finished and they barge into the bank. Far less creepy thieves. We, Quite we, normal thieves. Yeah. We should say here, like Sean <laughs> Astin is the main character and what happened is immediately in the first sequence he's been made into a real nasty little shit is he like uh, not a stupid question here is he the main character well maybe he's not maybe he's just like i mean i feel like he's billed first on the on the poster he is until the point he's not and that is right now yeah Yeah. you know what i mean because when you hear such a big hunk of man break (laughs) into a bank and just scream everybody dare You you sit up and you pay attention. Like this movie just (laughs) turned (laughs) up. So the Brit Squad break in. Everyone falls to the floor, including Stuart, who decides, "Oh wow, this would be a really great time to set the slipstream again." And just as he does, the FBI agents, who we haven't spoken about in a little while, they've just been in the background watching things go on. They make their presence felt. This shoot, this fucking shootout. Scott (laughs) messaged me and said, "You need to tell me when you get to." 19, 19 minutes, minutes and 21 seconds. <laughs> and I was like, I know exactly what he's going to talk about. The shootout's bad. The filming of it's bad. The acting of it's bad. The props they're using are bad. The camera yeah. techniques are bad. The music is bad. Everything's bad. But the one, th- I'll just, just to summarize it really, because I don't want to keep like replay every yeah. awful step in my head. None of them move. They all just stand planted. Perfectly. To yes. the ground and shoot at each, shoot blanks at each other. To the point where she reloads as people are shooting at her. They've not moved. She's not moved. And there's nothing in between the two of them. They're three meters apart. The the only movement that they do is blinking with each shot. That is it. She blinks as she shoots. She reloads. Then they stood stock still. It would be as if the three of us with the distance between us now recording started shooting at one another. And as you're shooting, missing me inexplicably, I was just like, I've got to reload, but I'm not going to fight. It was insane. Pistols are inaccurate. Okay. So maybe, maybe if this was like over 100 meters, you'd expect to miss. Yeah. I mean, one of them bullets is going to hit. Not over 10 meters. No. On the foyer of a metro bank. Come on. And it's, it's, I I don't understand the logic behind it either because it's not even cool you know like when the matrix came out and everything slows down and neo's kind of like dodging bullets there's nothing like that they're just standing there looking at each other it felt quite experimental very experimental (laughs) i would say if i had time travel i would go back to the production of this film i'd pull david van eisen aside and say stop watching the fucking matrix don't watch stop watching the fucking matrix okay it's above you know your role (laughs) it's (laughs) above you (laughs) fucking hell (laughs) 
Now, all while this is happening, Stuart's setting the Tamagotchi, and unfortunately for him, it's a beepy wee fucker. So it beeps, and every single person in the joint points their guns at him. <laughs> they stop shooting one another to all point their guns at the beepy boy. Beepers existed at this point, right? People had things like beepers. They would not be surprised by someone's pocket just going, beep, beep. How do they fucking hear it? Oh, guns gun are firing. <laughs> So it beeps. They all look at him. One of the goons is like, what's that beepy shit? Sprays him with a machine gun that he crawls away from at 0.1 miles an hour. Yeah. Evades most of the bullets apart from one. I think this is the only time anyone hits anybody, though, yeah, <laughs> with a bullet. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yes, yeah, sadly, Stuart has been shot. The shootout does come to an end. Big Vin Dog, he grabs himself a human shield, says, I'm getting the hell out of here. And Agent Sarah crawls over to Samwise on the floor as he begs her to activate the slipstream. He knows he can go back to before he's been shot. He just needs her to press the button, which she does. Trope. It's the Mega Time Squad trope. Time travel heals all wounds. Yeah. Now, I would have almost come at you and said, I don't know if this is an example of that. But they literally do state in the film, later on, she says, well, why didn't you take the bullets with you when you went back in time? And he says, they must have all gone straight through me. But at one point in the film, slightly later on, someone does get shot by non-armor-piercing rounds. And I was like, oh, I wonder if they'll heal from that wound. And, and they do, which I thought was interesting. And I don't know if they should have. Because, like you say, I think this is actually an example of time does heal all wounds. The holes end up through them and then heal with the bullets somewhere else. Yeah, I guess I guess if there's an exit wound and the bullet comes out, then probably you're fine. But if it had gone into you, for example, if you'd been shot and it ended up resting inside, mm. when you then travel back in time, the bullet would still be in you. Yeah. It would be fused with you, which is maybe another trope we've had of things fusing together. It's not right, quite possibly, the same. Yeah. No, I get yeah, you. No, we had it in yeah. a day as well. A day was a heal all wounds film. This yeah. is the third time in, in, in the space of six episodes that mm. we've had films where they decide to make a point of explaining. Granted, a day doesn't explain anything, but uh, it at least like shows you the thing and shows you the point of them going, uh, instigating the loop is to, it's the, the reason why Kang Shik uh, kills himself at the end is to, to guarantee heal the it. doctor, yeah. To, yeah. to heal him. So uh, yeah, just a really interesting development. And I like the way it's done here. Because, again, there's, as you said, James, there's a scene later on in the film where he ex he doesn't just explain it, but someone troubleshoots him a bit and goes, well, what about the bullet? So I appreciate yeah. it. I did. I did appreciate that. Phil Badger. That's the screenwriter. I'm not saying Phil a badger. Calling, <laughs> I'm not just saying, like, to feel yeah, a badger. Feel a badger. Yeah. <laughs> so, as we said, uh, Stuart begs Agent Sarah to press the slipstream. She does press the slipstream and time rewinds by a couple of minutes. It rewinds to before he was shot. It rewinds as if nothing has happened just before the yep. Brit squad have broken into the bank. But this time, not just for Stuart. Also for Agent Sarah. Because we establish here that she is mounting him. That she's mounting him. <laughs> the mounting is why. The mounting oh, yeah. is the time that travel. Yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah, mounted yeah. the goat. They'd have gotten out of Palm Springs. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone touching the device or touching a person who's touching the device yeah. or touch or anything a person touching the device is touching goes back with them and yeah. I assume retains the knowledge therefore. So what about the floor he's laying on? Ah, yes. That's rubber insulation. Because it's Don't electric. Give me it's that. electric based. He's wearing from the shoes. Cell tower. Yeah, yeah. He's if, wearing shoes. No, yeah, they're rubber. He's, if his shoes were <laughs> off. He's laying on his back. <laughs> if his shoes were off. Extra height. <laughs> if his shoes were off and his feet were touching the ground, he'd take the whole like earth back hobbit, with him. Like a hobbit, for example. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> good, good point, though. Um, I do often think, in, yes. especially with uh, in things like mutants with powers, which they can, I don't know, anything they touch, they can take through an object with them. Kitty yeah. Pride, I'm thinking of here. Yeah. Another scene with the juggernaut. Um, <laughs> I always wonder, well, surely if she touched a building, the whole building could therefore 
phase with her. Which, which she can do. But then the whole building's touching the earth. So which why does the whole, whole earth, earth phase fall with through the earth? Exactly. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. an interesting... Totally. Yeah. Now, the smart agent is smart. She realises what's going on pretty instantly. Good. She doesn't She doesn't know she's time-travelled per se, but she does acknowledge that she is back to the time before shit went down. She needs no convincer. Yeah, she doesn't. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I thought about it. I thought, well, is this maybe? No, because she's on board. And so Agent Sarah does start acting on this. She tells people to get out. No one listens, of course, because they're there to do some banking. Uh, uh, Stuart, <laughs> Stuart is like, come on, guys, you know, uh, you should all be getting out as well. The Brit squad's still barging. It all still goes down again. We get another shootout. Not going to go into it. It's the same as before. All yeah. of the same things are going yeah. on. It's the shootout. The difference this time round is that in sort of scuttling away from all of the mayhem, Stuart drops the slipstream. And the end result being Vin... I was going to say Vin Diesel. Vinnie Jones. Different movie. Vinnie Jones is Winston. Grabs a hold of it as, he, as he's escaping. And he wants it as a souvenir, I believe yeah. he says. I was, yeah. was going to say, why I couldn't remember why he picked it up. But yeah, he says, I, I'll, take, I'll take this as a souvenir. Winston. Is a hitcher here? Thank you. <laughs> Hello, boy. <laughs> Winston, I think, as we find out over the course of this film, definitely uh, uh, sort of plain onwards. Winston is a mercurial fella. He's not your average uh, stick em up artist. He's got things he cares about and he's got pr- a sense of like priorities and he's yeah. got a way of... D- he says earlier in this, like, no one needs to die. It doesn't need to get violent. Yeah. He takes a human shield and gets himself out of there. In the same way that he wants a souvenir, he's, he's meticulously time-planned the whole thing. They're trying to build him into an interesting character. And I think the casting of Vinnie Jones betrays that because people, myself included, just assume... Yeah. This meathead is going to shout a lot and bark a lot, which he does. <laughs> which he does. But, but they've given him tons of yeah. character that like you you have to kind no. of almost, I had to at least like stop myself and be like, oh, look, he wants a nice little souvenir. They don't, they don't make him thick. And I honestly, to be fair, in most Vinnie Jones films, they don't. They make him seem like he's going to be a meathead. But because of that, he gets away with knowing a lot more and being let allowed to do things that he shouldn't get away with. I feel like out of a lot of the performances of Vinnie Jones that I've seen, this is probably his best acted. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. I, I, I do think the m- main roles benefit him. He's in yes. so much background stuff and so much second, third character on screen that when it's just him, I think he goes for it. And yeah. I think you take it or leave it. And I'm taking it big time this time. Also, we find out his character, Winston, he's a lover. One of the Brit squad's his fiance. Yeah. yeah. She looks like, I think there's an episode of The Simpsons where Lisa gets a knockoff Malibu Barbie doll that has the <laughs> yeah. hair pulled yeah. out, one eye and tons of makeup yeah, smeared yeah, along. Yeah. She does look a little bit like that. Yeah. And she is somehow more British. Somehow. Amazingly so. More British. But, but they're romantic together as well. They're not just like, oh, you know, in love, but he's going to dump her at the next sign. Yeah. Genuinely, like a bit of romance Bonnie going on. He says they've been engaged for 12 years, doesn't he, at one point, I think? Yeah, that's a bad sign. Well, he's been waiting to rob a good bank to pay for the wedding. Well, it sounds like he's robbed several banks and never quite got enough for the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> so Big Vin, he gets away with the money and a slipstream this time round. And to add insult to injury, he pops Jake during the getaway, pops him from a distance with a shotgun. Now, <laughs> that's what now, I noticed. Now, he is, he is already down shooting the road. at Jake as they're driving away. He gets three shots off, and the last one, which means he's at the furthest point away, he gets a clear chest shot, which I don't think is possible. Up until now, I thought this film was going to be just entirely in the bank. I thought mm. it was just going to be a lot of repeats in the bank. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was a really interesting idea of they're going to have like a, um, a almost a time loop film, but it's Samwise controlling it the whole time. Yeah. So Jake is down. He's dying. It's going bad. He dies. Very sad. 
wouldn't know it <laughs> based on Agent Sarah's face. <laughs> and she leaves his body because she notices Stuart in the background, shoves him onto a wall and demands... We need to go back in time. He is living his being dominated dream right now, by the way. Unfortunately for Agent Sarah, there won't be any going back in time because, as we know, Winston has the fucking slipstream. And by now, they're miles away in downtown Cape Town. Talking of which, they are, uh, oh boy, the Brit squad are making their getaway. They, uh, (laughs) Big Vin's driver, his fiance, learnt many a thing. She learned, uh, you know, she learned loving. She learned fighting. She learned bank robbing. Likes a bit of history. Loves a bit of history. She does. She didn't learn how to merge onto a motorway, though. Fucking hell. Well, they, Fucking they, hell. They crash for literally no reason, right? I don't, I don't understand how that van flips. No reason. No reason at They're all. They're not being chased. They're, They're not just being chased. Away. They're just swerving through traffic haphazardly. And even then... You can very clearly see it's just you're merging and the coach is there. So you're going to have to slow down and merge behind it or speed up and merge forward. And then they cut and she's decided to just mount the person in front of her. In (laughs) Truly, truly insane. And what makes it more insane is that when the Brit squad get out of the overturned car, they act like nothing's happened apart from Finn, who's like, nice driving, babe. I did really really love that he just... The driest he could be, just yeah, nice driving, babe. Nice just, driving, just straight out. Perfect. I feel like if any of the other henchmen in that moment turn around, what the fuck was that? He smacks them in the face and goes, "Don't you dare! Don't you dare!" <laughs> it's so weird as well because when they walk away from the truck, there's no other vehicles on that fucking motorway. None. The they road don't. is completely silent. There's a bus stopped conveniently, and there's a car probably like four miles away <laughs> in the distance, but nothing's really such a weird thing. There's nothing else, and then. I don't know what the budget of this film was, but what I fucking do know is they spent money on just exploding the van. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why does yeah. it explode? Blowing, blowing the van up. Why not? Oh, God. While this is going on, heading after the Brit squad are Agent Sarah and Stuart, which gives us a moment for Stuart to just explain a little bit more about how the slipstream works. And so it's not convinced the chat because she's convinced of time travel existing, Agent Sarah, but it is at least sort of just explaining what's going on. There's a lot in this moment, to be fair, a lot of lot of science words. It is a temporal displacement device, a translocation unit. I'm okay with that one, by the way. Tempor- temporal displacement makes perfect sense. We've heard that before as well, temporal, temporal displacement. We had loads of words in um, uh, Operation Backpack last yeah. time round. Yeah. Temporal makes sense. That's time. Displacement makes sense. Move to another one. I'm happy with that one. Translocation, also happy. It just means to move to another place, which if if you're moving in time, theoretically, you're moving in space and therefore place. It descends into, we find out, you know, there's only 10 minutes maximum, sure. And then it's it seems in parallel and he starts saying, oh, you know about string theory and, you know, like wormholes and uh, exploits confluences in, in space-time fabric. And then, and, and he gets cut off and da-da. she only really wants to know what it does. She doesn't care for the jibber-jabber. I really care for the jibber-jabber. And so I wanted to ask James because he did mention one thing that I was like, I don't know what that is. I'm pretty sure I know what a wormhole is. I'm pretty fucking sure I know what seems in parallel are. I've done enough sewing in my time. There's barely any sewing, but you don't need to do much to know what to a fucking seam is. Yeah, 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 sure. What is exploiting confluence or confluences? Okay, so the the word confluence isn't specifically time-related, um, but it is stream-related, river-related, water-related, which often comes into time travel. We know we've talked about waves and ripples and time streams. The, these kind of things do merge together. Confluence just basically means the mixing of or the meeting of. So a confluence of a river would be where, for example, two meters, uh, two rivers meet. 
Um, so when it's talking about exploiting confluences, I kind of got the feeling he was trying to make out that it picked at certain points in time and unpicked them so that you could kind of un- unravel fabric. Mixing metaphors there. But really, it's bollocks. Yeah, that's what I that's what I wanted to know. Yeah. yeah. The the strings yeah. I think they went for strings. Oh, strings are like fabric. People like to say space-time fabric, fabric. Yeah. But then again, this he is mentioned slipstream. Seams and strings, yeah. yeah. But then again, this is slipstream, streams water, confluences of water, water and fabric. Yeah, fuck it. There's that. <laughs> cool. That's the most science we're gonna get. Yeah, thanks, Sean. Uh <laughs> now while this is all happening, we get um, uh, the Brit squad. They've hopped onto the onto the onto the onto the coach that was merging. Uh, they've hopped onto that coach. They've taken all the hostages. They're demanding a helicopter. Quite quite a tired trope. Uh, I started to get genuine vibes of Swordfish, which Vinnie Jones is in the Hugh Jackman John Travolta film because at the end of that he gets himself a whole lot of money and he wants a helicopter to admittedly airlift a bus out while they're on the bus. I think typically what the police do in this situation is kill everybody on the bus just by continuously shooting into the bus and not giving a shit about the hostages, right? If anything, Vinny's the one to move the hostages onto the side of the bus they're not going to shoot at. Vinny's the He cares about them. Yeah. He's singing songs with them. I I did. (laughs) That scene, I could not tell what was supposed to happen in that scene, whether he was genuinely just a man so deficit in attention that he required people <laughs> to start singing because he was bored midway through the crime scene. Yeah. I think he's getting caffeine withdrawal as well because he laments that he can't oh, get definitely. a proper kappa. The, the, the more I think about it, I think this is just a troubled young man who would do well for some counselling. i tell you what, he doesn't need couples counselling because that is a healthy relationship. That's true, that is a properly <laughs> yeah. healthy yeah. relationship. They, they dream about dying together in a blaze of glorious gunfire. He even gives up some of the hostages just for free. He's just like... You lots in the front row. We don't need all of you. Come on. <laughs> it's too crowded in here. Let's just give up some for free. He's, he's, just annoyed. Like... he's annoyed to be surrounded by people he's got to take care of. So while the Brit squad are, you know, letting off some hostages, trying to find some tea bags in a kettle, having a sing song, Sarah and Stuart are heading to the coach, as are a shit ton of police, because this is now a big old crime fiesta. We've got a, a, a blown, <laughs> blown up van on the motorway. It's yeah. causing traffic at the very least. Or not, as you can see. From or the not, as you can see from the copious aerial shots. Thank Christ, drones weren't invented for this film because oh, I, I watched uh, uh, the Jake Gyllenhaal film Ambulance recently. That's directed by Michael Bay, mm. ruined by the fact that Michael Bay has such a fucking dirty boner for drones, and yeah. it's it, uh, ridiculous, so bad, and it's, it happens more and more these days. And I look back at some films and I say, well, this could, you know, how you would have made this instantly worse. Is is drone yeah, stuff? Drone. A- yeah. Any really over the top sweeping shot now? Because it used to just be you only got that with a helicopter shot, and so you'd get one in a film and you get away with it. Yeah. Now all those big shots, those big virtual panning shots, uh, they just take me out of that sort of a yeah, film. Yeah, totally. Sarah and Stuart approach the coach, and she offers a deal That's to nice. Big Vin. That's good. I approach the coach. <laughs> she she offers a big uh, a deal to Big Vin. She says, you know, uh, just uh, take take Stuart and I stop. I've got to stop you here because the scene that just happened before this, I cannot let it go. (laughs) She is handcuffed to Sean Astin, Samwise Gamgee, in the car. And she is trying to explain to him what she wants to do. And and he's trying to explain to him why how the time travel works yeah is this is where he's on? telling her how the time travel works giving a bit more as they're on their way to the coach they are having that conversation at i don't even know how to fucking describe it both walking to the coach and sitting in the car yep we are getting half of a line in the car half of a line walking to the coach who fucking made that decision 
What did you say about the director that he was known as being? I think that translates as experimental. 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 No, it's not. You, you can't dress everything up as experimental. This is awful. That is one of the worst things I've ever seen on film. Sorry, I couldn't I couldn't let that go without talking about it. Because I thought I've... you were going to bring up the line, it's always pissing down with rain in England. Why would I want to go back? <laughs> well, yeah. I love yeah. that line. Well, we were think... getting there. You know what? I'm not going to lie. Thus far in season two, Winston... I think he's my favourite character. <laughs> I really think. I know I think you we, might be right. I know we, for some reason, as a as a group of men, troublesome men, we we have a real problem, <laughs> a problem with problematic men. <laughs> but we really do love them for some reason. Yeah. I think oh, it's because dear. we love that they're a pastiche of the reality. I don't think it's that we really want Vince Winston to be a real person. I think we just love that those, these characters are being portrayed in this way nowadays. Yeah. I know who I'm rooting for. If I'm in the bank, I'm like, well, this guy told me to get down and said, you know, just stay safe because it's not your money that we're stealing and they just want to get in and get out. Not the feds who decide to shoot up the joint while they're planted on the floor. <laughs> Fucking, yeah. Big Vinny, he gets himself an offer at the door of the coach from uh, Agent Sarah and Stuart. Take the two of us, let the hostages go. We're going to show you how to uh, how to get out of this. And Vinny says, all right, don't know who this fucking dickhead is. You're an FBI agent, so I'll just Bang. shoot him <laughs> yeah. and I'll like, just take stone you. Stone cold kill. Sure. Boom. Great. And do you know what? I'm cool with it. Respect it. I yeah. mean, <laughs> I of, of all the characters who've had to die so far, he does sort of deserve it a bit. Yeah. You don't know anything don't about care. this guy. You know she's a fed and this is just some dickhead. I know he's some creepy <laughs> some weirdo man. who like, yeah, he's exactly. probably got no shoes on for all I know. <laughs> Sarah and Winston, they head into the to the coach. They want a bit of a private chat. So they head into the uh, the toilet at the back of Fuck the coach. Sake. This scene this massive. This spinning around their heads in this scene. Who decided to put them on a fucking turntable? Who decided to say it like, you know what we need? We need, I want to, I can almost picture it in my head. They sat there going like, we need to really emphasize yeah. the claustrophobia in the scene, how close they are to one yeah. another. And it's sex, go- the sexual tension is high in his, uh, this as well. They look like they're going to bang each other. Yeah, yeah. They really do. She's with Jake. He's with his, his fiance is 10 feet yeah, away. the door's closed, Scott. But Anything Winston would never, he's a, he's a faithful man. <laughs> I don't know anything about Agent Sarah, but Winnie, never. (laughs) It's so weird. That sort of slow rotate where the camera's sort of going the other way and it's making you feel very dizzy the whole time. Experimental director. And the result is she needs him in the bollocks, grabs the slipstream, activates it, sets it, activates it, and runs. And even though he catches her midway down the walkway, they port all the way back to the coach door just before he shoots uh, uh, Stuart. At this point, I'm good with the time travel especially. There's obviously a lot of shit going on. Every time they do a shootout, every time music plays and I recognize it, there's some shit going on. But time travel wise, I'm good. Winston is now totally convinced. He stood before him is a a live again Stuart as well as Agent Sarah who's giving him the eyes and be like, I told you so. He's fully convinced. More convinced than Stuart. More convinced than Stuart. <laughs> him. Yeah, exactly. He even goes as far as calling it a time machine. Stuart tries to, to correct him, but uh, I think we're shut fine up, with Stuart. it. Yeah, shut up, mate. Winston's on one. And we get the reveal. It's not so much a reveal. We've we've got it at the moment. We saw it in the bank. But at least they, a clarification, exactly, that it is whoever's touching the person using the slipstream will also be travelled, which leads to a bit of frustration for uh, Big Vinny because once he's heard all of the explanation he's, he, he wants to know why can't I go back more than 10 minutes I need more than 10 minutes to get myself off of this fucking coach I need more than 10 minutes to get me and the Brit squad out of our hostage situation there's a mention from Winston's fiance at this point just really quick she says oh we're like Bonnie and Clyde on mescaline What's mescaline? Oh. I know, I mean, I'm assuming it's a drug, but I've just never heard of mescaline. And it sounds like a 
It sounds like a liquid I'd buy to kill an insect. Mescaline is a psychoactive compound, so not dissimilar to LSD or psilocybin from magic mushrooms, and is most commonly, I believe it's technically classed as an entheogen because it's used. it was used by a lot of religious ceremonies, specifically in uh, South America, and it, it predominantly comes from um, cacti. So you've heard oh. of peyote, I'm sure. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically the exact same thing. Uh, okay. Right. You've probably heard of mescaline one other place before, which is in The Matrix. Just before uh, Neo has... Uh, so just after he's met Trinity online mm. and is told to follow the white rabbit, there's a bloke who arrives at his door and the guy says to him, mescaline, it's the only way to fly. Okay. Right. Because mescaline is hallucinogenic. Flying on mescaline. Okay, so, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh my God, that's really interesting. You've answered a separate question for me as well, which I'll get to later on. But uh, Philip Badger, Matrix fan. Yeah. All of this is is brought to a finish by the helicopter arriving for Winston and the Brick Gang. But before they leave, they've they've already agreed with uh, uh, Agent Sarah's boss, her higher up in the FBI, definitely a South African actor, lets the accent slip like every fourth word. They've already agreed, Winston, because he's, he, he's a nice guy. He's let some hostages go earlier because it was just too crowded. He's going to let some hostages go again. He said, when the helicopter arrives, I'll let the majority of them go. I'll just keep a couple back for my own safety so that I can get on the helicopter nicely. Good guy. So now that the helicopter's arrived, we, we see a couple of the hostages just get let off nicely and, and, and shooed away. Looking quite butch, though, a couple of those uh, <laughs> uh, hostages. And the Brit Squad leave behind on the coach. Agent Sarah, Stuart, a couple of others, all taped up, all dressed up to look like the Brit Squad. They also strap up the coach driver in a bomb vest. There's a wicked moment with the balaclava as well, where they, they put some tape over Sarah's mouth and pull the balaclava over her head. And, it, and it's... It's, <laughs> it's the fiancé. Yeah, pulls it over her head and says... What does he say? She said, lights out. Lights out. And then... <laughs> she can still <laughs> see! Eyes pop through! <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, you mean... Mouth out? You mean, you mean, yeah, you mean light, shush. Light's, very, light's very open. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, they have they have fixed that bus driver up with enough sea thaw to make a real mess of him if he was to explode, for example. And yeah. he definitely does. I mean, obviously what he'll do is sit still and allow someone to disarm it. And what he definitely won't do is try to run away from the stuff my wife my wife's body. got pork chops in the oven <laughs> another great is the head flying off necessary <laughs> was that necessary listen there was only so much that guy pops like a fucking grape <laughs> also the amount of explosives on him Jeez. he would have blown half of that freeway apart yeah like, no. he, the good god yeah they never made any um they never told us that the Brit Squad had explosives on them. It was no. never needed, never required. The whole point of the bank robbery was it was going to be easy. They don't yeah. need explosives. Nice and simple, Maybe that's yeah. why the van explodes. Maybe there was more explosives in to, the van. To, when you know that there's that much explosive on board, how did she flip that van with such happiness? Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> All of this, this you know, the booming and the and the bomb and, and the whole scene is interspersed with uh, the car park that the Brit Squad have managed to sort of sidewalk into away from the rest of the hostages. But the police do track them down and there's a little bit of a shootout. The grand result of which is that all of the Brit squad die apart from Winston. Even his fiance. And we get a nice little sad moment oh, there where they die. And he is yeah, gutted. He's genuinely upset, yeah. Now I may have slipped up and said that uh Stuart was on the on the coach. He's not on the coach. Agent Sarah was left on the coach with the rest of the 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 other passengers all dressed up as the Brit squad. No. Vinny took, Winston took Samwise with him. He took it, he dressed him up like a hostage and, t- and took him out. And so 
while the shootout's been happening, yes, all of the Brit squad are dead, but our now sort of <laughs> duo for the rest of the proceedings. Body cop. It becomes our, a body cop move. Our body cops, Stuart and Winston are both alive. Winston is saying to him, you know, we need to get this time machine working. I need to bring my fiance back, but it doesn't work like that. And so the next best thing is to just, just commit to the plan, just follow through with the plan. And so we find out the Brit squad's ultimate plan was to get the money and get a plane. Who knows where the fucking plane goes? Yeah, there's no back mention. Back to Blighty? Yeah, there's <laughs> yeah. no mention of where it's going. And unfortunately, who knows where the tickets are because Winston's not got them on him, has he? Oh, Winston yeah. doesn't have them on him. He leaves them accidentally on the body of his fiance yeah. for Agent Sarah to stumble on. So when they head to the airport, she knows where they're going and she chases on at the airport winston and uh, winston and stewart like that like stewart's into it it's all winston he's a man of action yeah they steal some pilots uniforms get dressed up niftily and, and make their way onto the plane samwise <laughs> looking like he's wearing his dad's <laughs> suit <laughs> yeah no, yeah yeah uh, even the shoes what, are too big vinnie jones looks good in a pilot he outfit yeah. i got a little bit of a kind of catch me if you can vibe here yeah. and there's a moment where he's flirting with a uh oh flirting he's aggressively <laughs> yeah he's, aggressively he's flirting, flirting with a member of cabinet crew yeah and some of the flirting he does is to reveal where he's from <laughs> little gidden, little gidden. A, a, a fishing town outside of london an little eel gidden. fishing town eels the second mention of eels <laughs> in, in season two of time travel film club she compliments his beautiful eyes and i thought how many movies are there where someone looks vinnie jones in the eyes and says <laughs> beautiful gorgeous <laughs> I so, can't yes. quite I can't quite work out the plan here, right? They have stolen pilots' uniforms, but they're not planning they're to not fly flying. the plane. They're not flying. They're pulling a catch me as you can. They want they to be the, the pilot that just gets a free ticket yeah, on free the ticket airline. He's a pilot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem. It's all good. Everything's fine. As we said, uh, uh, Winston, very charming, uh, uses some of that charm to make sure that one of the flight attendants doesn't have any suspicion. Mm. Doesn't work out for all of the flight no, attendants, but we'll come back to that. Agent Sarah. Gets told by her boss, the South African FBI agent, you're fired. But you're fired in the morning. You're not fired now. You need to give me your badge and gun in the morning. Because of your association with your partner. Were you having sex with your dead partner? Yeah, I'm going to need your badge and gun. It's not that he died and you didn't get, you didn't secure Stuart and now a mad Brit has run off with a bunch of money and hostages. It's because you had sex with your partner. Did you catch, and this is the question you've answered for me, I was going to ask, did you catch a randomer says to Sarah as she's running through the airport, run, rabbit, run. Oh, I didn't catch no. that. No. Really small bit of dialogue. You don't see whose mouth it comes out of. It says she's walking. She doesn't register it. But in the dialogue, someone says, run, rabbit, run, as she's running through the airport. Philip Badger, watch Matrix. <laughs> yeah, he's clearly just a Matrix oh, fan. Oh, God, yeah. But fortunately for Agent Sarah, as she's running through the airport, she also makes it onto the plane. So... We are on the plane. And I think a way you can look at the movie Slipstream is very much in the thirds of bank, coach, plane. And so we get to chill in economy class with our our guys, uh, Stuart, and, Stuart and Winston. You mentioned Buddy Cop. I like the two of them together. I'm having a good time on the plane. I think they've got like the closest thing to inter-character chemistry yeah. is between these two. Yeah. I would, uh, I'd love it if this film wasn't like, fuck Slipstream. What a shit name. The fact that there's other films called Slipstream, shit name. And honestly, it just sounds like a jet of wind. It yeah. sounds like, a, or a boat or a, a, a surfing movie or anything else. Yeah. Call this film Time Wankers. Call this film, <laughs> call this film, Winston and Stu, colon, Time, time Wankers. wankers. <laughs> I, I would watch that. I mean, Winston if it was, and Stu, Time Wankers. If it was like, um, uh, is it the other guys that's uh, the film yeah, with? Yeah, Will Ferrell Will and, Ferrell and um, Marky Mark. If they did this, 
these two as another version of the other guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I yeah. would I would just so watch that. On the, and it has to be on the streets of London. Yes. It's got sure. to be, yeah. I, sure. I do honestly think this whole film would have been significantly better if it had been a Guy Ritchie film set in London. The whole exact same plot, identical in every way, yeah. just on the streets of London, yeah. it would have been a better film. Yeah. Then lines like, come out of there, you little git, would make sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, the, we've had Burke, we've had git, we've had wanker. Pet. There's, there's, there's a only, pet at oh, one pet point. Pet really annoyed me because pet is like a Geordie yeah, adaptation. That's, yeah, it's not, yeah. Uh, far more normal. Yeah, exactly. Ducks was the worst. Ducks is actually the worst one. Oh, the fiancé yeah. at one point says, Duck. she's not saying like... Duck like a fun northerner or someone yeah, from like York. Stoke. Like, like, with an a a oh, come on, Dax. Come on, like, Dax. What the fuck? So, plane, chilling. Big Vince charmed one of the flight attendants, but he didn't charm the other one. This flight attendant knows the guy who he robbed the outfit from. He's like, you are not Grant. <laughs> he's like, you're not Grant Roberts. And he's like, no, it says Grant P. Roberts, mate. And the, the P stands for piss off. <laughs> Zinger. I'll give it to you. <laughs> it's not quite. It's not quite. <laughs> do, <laughs> do I look frozen? No, you look like shit. <laughs> that is... Yes, the heights of Jean Claude Van Damme. Can I say he has been the rude? The jig is up. One of the one of the flight attendants knows that something something's up here. Uh, uh, friction begins, and we see the agent Sarah. Yes, she's on the flight, and she catches the eye of Stuart, and they meet up for the second time. It's a weird thing to have happened multiple times in a toilet. In a in a small toilet. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Stuart reveals to Sarah that you know while the slipstream was broken, what he had to tell uh, uh, Big Vin after his fiance died. It is no longer broken. Yeah, I like that it goes from being perfectly serviceable to broken to perfectly serviceable to really broken <laughs> quite quickly. <laughs> I also, I dig, especially given what you told me about AM towers, I dig the reason why it's working. He's like, well, it works off cell phone towers. And so normally when you're trying to access a cell phone tower, there's loads of stuff in the way. But because we're in a plane, we have direct line of sight to hundreds of cell phone towers. So the machine is amped up, amped up to the point where it can now go back Way further than 10 minutes. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, well, but you can't use your phone on a plane. It's, it's sort of a weird thing here where if you're on a private plane, for example, you can just use your phone. And sometimes you can connect to a tower because the distance is, is quite far, but it is a direct line of sight. Typically, you still wouldn't be able to get a signal if you were 30,000 feet in a normal plane. However, if this device is slightly different to a normal cell phone, I, I think this is actually reasonably good science. You would see a hell of a lot more cell towers and a, get a hell of a lot more power generated. But DARPA wish they thought of that shit. Not to give too many props to Stuart. You know, I don't know how good <laughs> no, he... I don't. don't know how much he's put into no. this, but, you know. We get the suspicious flight attendant confronting Vinnie Britt. Uh, it doesn't go well for him. But have no fear. Sarah is here with all of her FBI training, all of her smarts telling her that the best thing to do in this situation is to blaze out of the toilet. Gun first on an American plane. Not that on a plane of any other nationality, it would not be a bad choice. But, like, post 9 11 and yeah. you're, you've pulled a gun out of a toilet on a on a thing so of course the air marshal gets on her straight away pulls a gun on her straight yeah. away I, I don't think he would have even hesitated by the way she, he would have blasted oh, she'd be, her to pieces she'd be dead yeah right? she'd, been, she'd right. been riddled with bullets real stupid real stupid and then she's no 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 I'm FBI I'm FBI no no I promise I'm FBI yeah you couldn't have just like poked that you could have poked just the badge out of the toilet and then come out afterwards and be like I'm coming out now but badge first but Sarah's been through a lot She's been through a lot. She's missing She's missing Jake. Now, earlier on, when the captain says to her, I'm going to need your badge and your gun, she hasn't got a gun. She takes that gun from the fiancé 
she does nick a gun from the fiance. She hasn't even thought, got a gun. Right, she hasn't yeah. even got her own gun. Yeah, you're right. She does. That is someone yeah. else's gun that she's. They make a point anyway. of showing you that yeah, because yeah. they felt like they needed to explain. Well, well, she doesn't have a gun, and we need to explain where she gets yeah, one from. The next line. <laughs> Things go from bad to worse because uh, uh, Winston he rises, he shoves the air marshal straight into uh, Agent Sarah. <laughs> she then fucking kills him. She kills the uh, the air marshal. They just need to explain why the air marshal doesn't do anything moving yeah. forward in this scene. Fine, rough day for Sarah. He'll she'll. Go back to her superior and he'll say like, oh man, so Jake died. You didn't catch Stuart. You killed an air marshal. But I am still putting down on your discharge papers that it's because you fucked Jake. (laughs) 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 I just, I've got no time for it, love. (laughs) I've got no time for Uh it. Not in Johannesburg. Now, (laughs) (laughs) Vin rises up, shoves the air marshal. Sarah shoots the air marshal. It's all going badly. It goes from bad to worse because the gun in that Vinny now has in his hand, the the fucking flight attendant, the jobsworth who thinks he's got to do something, credit to him trying to intercede, but his 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 involvement only leads to a window being shot out, and the entire studio while they're filming being flooded with air machines. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now I'm sure one of the things people will think of here is there's a, a kind of old myth that if you shoot a gun on a plane there'll be explosive decompression and the whole plane will be sucked out through one of the windows. Yeah, I expect my entire body to be sucked out butt first through the window. Like in Alien 4 when the thing gets yes. sucked out of the ship right at the end. Now, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Alien 4, actually, I suppose, would probably happen. Space. If you did, If you shot it into space, you would get everything would be literally sucked out until yeah. it was essentially a, a near-perfect vacuum. Yeah. On a plane, though, you don't have to worry about it. It is a myth. If you were to shoot through a window, the air would all be sucked out through the window at a reasonable speed it wouldn't tear the plane apart so it wouldn't it wouldn't crash the plane so it doesn't happen in this but also in case people were thinking why doesn't why it doesn't happen? it it shouldn't nice that's good to know yeah i've got to get some science in this film somewhere <laughs> i'm trying really hard guys yeah, yeah, i yeah, promise sure you're doing a very good job now unfortunately even though it was in pretty good nick where like 20 seconds ago in that toilet the slipstream is fucked again how did that happen <laughs> at what point did it get stamped on is that what it is it was i think it was just stamped yeah. on right it's not enough microsoft parts <laughs> there's not enough parts taken from a gopro oh, no. or tamagotchi <laughs> so the the screen is fucked but Fortunately, Agent Sarah, amidst all the calamity, screams at the top of her lungs a line that is so strapped on to 2005 and will never be allowed to go backwards or forwards. She screams, Firewire! Firewire! <laughs> a technology that began and died in the tooth, in the noughties. A useless thing that, regardless. But, but she couldn't scream, USB! Yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, link it to a screen. Scott, baby, Scott! <laughs> She screams firewire. He grabs uh, a passenger, a passenger who's not freaking the fuck out. No, a passenger who still has their laptop open and switched on, connects that firewire, shares that screen, and he can now see a nice UI for the slipstream, and he's ready to get everything working. But what is our boy missing? Some motivation. Uh, Now, uh, just before we get into this surprise, like, out of nowhere weird moment... How does the, does the slipstream come with its own downloadable adapter? Yeah, you can, down, the, you can download the time yeah. machine from it I, and put I it on something else. How does the laptop it just yeah, that part was the weirdest, least believable yeah. part of the film for yeah, me? Yeah, that yeah. the laptop would just go, oh, an un, an unknown device. Oh yeah, I can just load all of the data on this yeah. and also the UI. Uh-huh. In two thousand and five, if you scream Firewire. 80% of your audience thinks it's fake for the film anyway. They're like, <laughs> yeah. well, it's Firewire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But fine, let's do it. No, more importantly, 
as you said, James, from the depths of fuck nowhere, Stuart's missing some, some, he needs a little oomph. He needs a bit of pizzazz in the moment. Um, And so Agent Sarah just kisses him. Mouth and tongue goes for it. I don't know if there's tongue. Leans in. I don't know. I think there's a little. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a, there's definitely a little, it's a, it's an adult kiss. It is not a. Oh, it's not a Princess Leia peck. Kind no, of exactly. Kiss. Right. It's not a smooch it's on a, the lips. It's a, it's a full. Oh and this God. is just just before this moment. We've had Sean Astin, to no one's surprise, the line reads from him oh, yeah, specifically terrible, yeah, in terrible. this film lead me to believe that he saw walls of text in his script and had no one checking him on set and yeah. saying, oh, no, no, you don't say the words in that in that kind of pentameter you don't say it in those beats you're supposed to say those two words slowly and then that bit fast instead you're saying either all of it fast or rushing he says at one point when uh, she grabs him everything's going to chaos around it and he's in be- slid in between a couple of sentences supposed to be it's supposed to be slid in between there he says i know you don't want to hear this right now but this is awesome but he says it as the back end of a sentence and as the beginning of yeah. another sentence. Yeah. So he's just like, the slipstream is broken. I know you don't want to hear this right now, but this is awesome. Oh, I should sit down and fire wire? Okay, let's do it. You're Weird. Just like, fucking just... hell, bro. Deliver your fucking lines, man. I think it's because uh, every sentence that he's ever read before always ended with Mr. Frodo. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he thinks so he doesn't know what to do. Scripts. He doesn't know how they finish. <laughs> I just want to say, I, I, I love him in Lord of the Rings and I would never hear him disparaged. But his acting is just awful in this film. <laughs> it's it's fucking terrible. If he he doesn't care, he's not being paid anything for it. Well, that's the thing. If he's on record as saying no, I didn't give a shit, and this is him not yeah. giving a shit. Fine, I don't have a big enough sample size. Sure. If he didn't pull this shit with Adam Sandler on Fifty First Dates. I mark my words. So, Firewire, the slipstream's back on for the third time in the film. <laughs> <laughs> he manages to get it up and running, but just as he does, Vin the Brit shoots Sarah. He also grabs hold of Sarah as Sarah grabs hold of Stuart as Stuart grabs hold of the slipstream. And so they all time travel. But this is a far bigger jump. We talked last time uh, in our last episode with Project Almanac about that last jump going all the way back. We've had precedent with 41, that last jump, the last jump being all the way back. Abe, right at the start of Time Travel Film Club, Abe's last big jump in Primer is all the way back. Mm. So there's a lot of precedent here. And, and this jump is all the way back to Margaret, the bank teller, to uh, uh, Stuart just trying to take out his $2,000 and see if the slip stream works. The rewind montage is like triple the length of Project Almanacs. It's achingly long, but that's how you pad a movie that was probably going to come in at 45 minutes out to one hour 23. You do see a couple of things I want to bring up in that reverse. One is there's a plane crash. Second film in a row. That's not a plane crash, by the way. Was there a Oh, uh, in a day? No, in... Um, oh, sorry, in Project Almanac. God, yeah. But the plane crash in this film, why Why does the plane crash? Because the pilot fucking hits full throttle. She tells him on the intercom, there's a British guy with a gun in the in economy. Ah, uh, fuck this. Ah, uh, fuck I'll this. Crash it then. I'll <laughs> crash this. it then. Straight into a mountain. You got wife and kids? Doesn't matter. Boom. <laughs> um, the other thing I'll say is there's a potentially very minor plot hole because Good. there's... <laughs> Good. I'm Good. I want this film to fail. It. There's a... We've heard that the reason that he doesn't, the bullets don't stay inside him is because they're armor piercings, they pass right through him. But Sarah has been shot by a pistol. And during the rewind, we see as the she stands up, back out. the bullet coming out of her, which breaks the idea that 
It would uh, just go through it, you. Yeah, it breaks the idea that it would that she would take stuff back with her if it was in her. And actually, there was a scene earlier in the film where we saw this as well, but I didn't want to bring it up at the time. When she's in the bathroom, uh, in the toilet, and she pre- she steals the device and presses it, in the scene where they're rewinding on the coach, you actually see her handing the device back to him into his hand. Oh. So you see him then holding it, it during the rewind, but only at the end of the rewind, he looks down, he's not holding it, and she is. Ah. But, but I didn't want to bring that up because I thought maybe that was a continuity error. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas this one, it just feels like they just shouldn't have shown the bullet because yeah. they had to put the bullet into the scene. Yeah. So just don't put it in. Do we see the bullet rewind? We don't see the bullet rewind. It goes back into her, yes, the but, gun. But we don't see that out of Samwise. No, we don't see that out of Samwise. So do you think maybe Samwise is just wrong when he tells her it goes? Because he's be. guessing. He's like, oh, Could no, be. maybe it just goes through me. And that's not actually how it works. No, no, it goes in you and then comes out of you. I actually did write in here, in my notes, I was like, this could just be him bullshitting when he was doing his original explanation. <laughs> yeah. If it would be anyone, it'd be Stuart Conway. Now, this time round, we're back with Maggie the Teller. This time round, conveniently for Stuart, he is dressed as a pilot, ill-fitting. <laughs> it doesn't matter that he looks like, as you said, stolen Can't someone see else. his hands. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he's dressed as a pilot um, and things go a hell of a lot better with Mags, mostly because he doesn't use the words lingerie or ripe. Yeah. Uh, uh, He's not th- smelling her, for starters. Turns yeah. out she was a physics major all along. If he just if he began with, oh, I'm really into physics, he'd have probably won her over. Hey, you. String theory. Not string lingerie. String theory. Do you want to be a confluence? Me and you, Margaret. The two things that come together. <laughs> oh, lucky girl. <laughs> <laughs> and he manages to give her a very 2005 move. He manages to share instant messenger handles with her. Meanwhile... Sarah, Agent Sarah, who's back and si- and and very very happy that Jake uh, is is back to life, uh, kisses him immediately, gives up. They both just give up on the pursuit. Jake definitely. He's like, oh, oh, are we down now? We're together. Great. <laughs> just let's both, walk out. Let's both, both quit the FBI. <laughs> I don't even know why they sent us to South Africa yeah. in the first place. But yeah, let's yeah. just give up. So they they go off there without a care of the world. Everything's good. And what about uh, the big time wanker? What about uh, Winston? Now, uh, his squad's back alive. His fiance's back alive. Everything's good. And you know what? And I love this flex. He just turns around and goes, just not going to do it Jobs today. off. And yeah. he commands so much respect. They yeah. all go. They all just laugh yep. it off, don't they? They're like, like, oh, he says, you know what? He says it. We're doing it. By the way, what happened to their original clothes? Like, I know they'd put on these pilots outfits, but in a bog somewhere, they'd left their clothes. Right? Yes. But when time rewound, did those clothes just get deleted from existence? I presume That's so. a good point. Yeah. yeah, it's a good point. Where, yeah, where, just where would they be? In which case, that is the most egregious problem we've had in any film because that shows that matter, which we know cannot be created or destroyed, being destroyed. Just saying. That is a good point. Yeah, I didn't think about that because I didn't, I mean, yeah, they're both back and they're now in the pilot costumes because when they press the slipstream, they take those... Yeah. Garments with them, but where are where are the other garments? Does that also mean that the two pilots that they've knocked out? They would still have their clothes somewhere. So you've got duplicated of one set of clothes and deleted of another. Yeah, it's the deletion. Yeah, because I'm cool with the duplication because yeah. he duplicates his and two we show grand. The money gets yeah, yeah. yeah, but all is well and good. Winston's got a pair of crystal balls. And he, <laughs> I, I loved that line. And uh, we could have just ended the movie there, but we get just a little bit tacked on at the end as uh, Stuart exits the bank. There are still some, I assume, feds, but maybe it's Homeland Security this time around because the feds have given up. But either way, someone is here to apprehend him. They capture him outside the front of the bank. But in the distance, we see a cell phone tower spark. We uh, understand that the slipstream is being used. And we actually end with a reverse 
of Samwise Gamgee jumping into a swimming pool fully clothed and as he arrives back onto the diving board in reverse we see the shadow of the camera <laughs> on the top of his cap <laughs> end movie wow what a ride wowzers what a ride wowzers yeah. now what i will say about this film is it is a kind of cultural mess in terms of <laughs> who's in it where it's set what is going on I'll also say you need to be in a very special mood or a very unique person to want to watch this film. Oh, and yeah. Certainly, if you've watched it once and you want to go back and do it again, you're, you are a novel individual. Yeah, yeah. tell us who that. you are because I fuck with you. Be fantastic, it, right? This is not a film for anybody sensible. And I would say it is a too much to handle sometimes and a bit of a bastardization of other cultures. It also stars a man who we know his name is Vinnie Jones. I think this film is a vindaloo. <laughs> oh, James! <laughs> Magnificent! Obviously the vin, but also bastardization of cultures, which I will take. There's some Brit, there's some American, there's South African, and it doesn't know which fucking one it wants to be. Also, James, two of these scenes happen in Daloo. So... It's true. Vindaloo! I didn't even do it deliberately. Vindaloo! Magnificent. Good God. That's actually... So multifaceted. Tremendous. That yeah. is tremendous. Well done. Is, we do. Vin is in Daloo with Agent Sarah. <laughs> I, I glanced over the film notes and I was like, oh, Scott has a couple of nicknames for Vinnie Jones in this. Oh, fuck. I hope he doesn't say Vindaloo at some point. <laughs> oh, my God. Incredible. I, 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 couldn't, uh, I could not agree more. And I will say, as... A time travel film. I mean, there's a fucking, there's a whole fucking lot going on here. And there's a lot of offenses to the sensibilities. But peeling, peeling, like take away all of the stuff. Take away the acting and the directing and, and uh, even like the, the weird, the, the dialogue. And the and like, all yeah, of that. Yeah. Everything. As a time travel film, as, as a, a, as a film with some time travel in it, it's very, it's very simple. Little 10 minute go back machine. That's it. And it never wants to be more. It never tries to be more. It just, it's, uh, we're a 10 minute back machine. And then eventually, we're a, for the purposes of the end of the film, now it's a way back machine. But it's just a little 10 minute back machine. Could I have done with more jumps? Sure. To, to, to beef up the time traveliness of it, to give more variation, to give more opportunity for you to, you know, explore the time of it as opposed to the, the crime of it. Yes, would have taken it. But what I was given the 10 minute back machine i wasn't unhappy with i like the device i the explanations were a bit word soupy a bit scientifically garbled so a lot of the time but i wasn't unhappy to say they were there per se and they do they explain they try to explain at least injuries and and time healing all wounds they do they try to explain uh why is it that we touch each other why why have i come back and now Vinny has come back there's there's stuff going on here it's all just a little you know there's not there's not too much and it's not too depthy either because we've spoken about time travel situations whether they be time loops or other where you can bring people in and how do those people get brought in and we've spoken about uh, uh injuries healing all wounds and there are other films that do that to a greater degree and talk about it a bit more or at least show it a bit more this one just does it and explains it but at least they do it and explain it i think there's a world in which this film is both a crap movie that like like as we said we really like for the silly vinnie jones sean astin of it and that's all fine take it or leave it that's a marmite for for your personal taste dear listener but i think that if you separate that aside there's a way that if you just still call it a shit movie that you either like or don't like 
This could have been a shit movie and a shit time travel movie. And I wouldn't say it's a shit time travel movie. Um, is it amazing? No, but I, I wouldn't say it's shit. And that's my gut reaction right off the bat. James, I'm really curious how you're feeling as well. I think, and I, you heard what I ranked it as a, uh, as a meal. Uh, and you know for a fact that despite being like 95 to 99% the whitest man, I love me some spicy food. So I, I think if this film had been set in the UK and had been Martin Freeman instead of Sean Astin and had been a Guy Ritchie-esque film, uh, it would have been up there with my favourite cult films. And it would yeah. have been a cult classic, I think. Definitely. I think that's a really good call. Yeah. I think I have to agree with you that the time travel, there's a few sloppy bits, but really they actually do a fairly decent job of keeping it neat. And as a time travel film, it's also a surprisingly good job of keeping it neat. The acting is often poor from anyone but Vinnie Jones. And <laughs> I, I do think there are a few other little slight problems with it. But I, I could never... I couldn't say I loved it. I couldn't say I hated it. I thought it was a decent time travel film. Sure, there's some bad, like, there's some stuff that doesn't explain itself but away. E but even the then, it could just be a case of Sean Astin doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Like, his character, when he talks about the bullets and whatever, it could just be he's wrong. And the, the film even gets away with it a bit because it says, he goes, oh, maybe it's because they passed through me because he's thinking on his feet there. So I think the th problems with it, they get away with. We see he wants to do the money thing at the start. That's a novel way of using time travel within your screenplay. Uh, there's the death revival element of it. And the fact that if you miss the 10 minute window that the film's doused in that 10 minute window, Agent Sarah and Vinny, separate to one another, both have reason to need it and can't use it. Adam, it's your film. Uh, uh, how did you, you know, you're the one who brought it this way. Uh, it's gone remarkably better for you than it went Fucking with 41 last season. What a gamble, huh? <laughs> I would have liked to see some more time looping in the bank at the beginning. I thought it was that was going to be the whole film. I think that's yeah. the, but that's the opportunity yeah. to do it. But I think the the plane's the most interesting part of the whole film. The plane's the most fun and active and enjoyable. Yeah. I think you they, they lag with the coach in the middle a little bit. I yeah. think things get a bit slow and a bit hard to kind of explain the, the car crashes a bit. You start that bit with the car crash, which is like, oh, really? Why? And then you end it, fair yeah. enough, you end it with them doing the fun bait and switch with the hostages and dressing them up. I'm, I'm okay with that. And she ends as the Bonnie and Clyde that she always wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, so I think my biggest problem with it is, is it's just it's just way too weird weirdly experimental at points for it to be oh yeah an enjoyable film the the, the um, philip badger's screenplay yeah if given to a different director absolutely much better yeah, film give it to guy Ritchie, like james says yeah yeah yeah. set it in like yeah that would be fun you would have a good time and i think it would be a lock stock level of cult i really think it would be i really do but they gave it to somebody who was like you know what i've got loads of in my garage at home lazy susan's I think we can use them. <laughs> Lazy Susans, and I think we can use them. Yeah, no, I, I'm glad you both enjoyed it because I had a riot watching it and laughing at it. But also, I do think the time travel is weirdly succinct. It is. Weirdly succinct is a way and to put it. It might be the fact that it is, is basically a time loop movie. And we've discussed before time loop movies i don't think it's a time loop movie i think it's no? a go back it's just a go okay, back all right they do loop because they re-experience the thing but we've spoken about how girl who leapt through time is a go back and live through it and go back and live through it is different to time loop so, uh you know yeah, okay, I, I, fair. If, but it didn't feel like a time loop film to me we've just covered a day we know about palm springs we know about arq thing the same thing happening over and over again that's not what this is this is a machine that he controls and just allows him to go back two minutes 
10 minutes, Fair. one minute, one minute 45 at one point, which is, yeah. you know, yeah. so, so uh, I, I appreciate it for what it is. Where would you rank it? I'll go to James first. It's a it's a tough one because I, again the cultiness of the film kind of you know pulls me in one direction over another, which is slightly higher than maybe it deserves. Um, I do think if we look at the previous films we've done, Mega Time Squad, I have to put it above that straight away because I think Mega Time Squad doesn't quite manage to do all the things it wanted to do, and so I would I would certainly say it's above that. Then we get to Time Cop. And I mean, I think Time Cop is, it does a lot more, makes more mistakes, but is a decent film. So I would, I would potentially put it underneath Time Cop, but I think I could be convinced to put it above Time Cop. Well, how are you feeling? I, I would say, I would say it goes below Time Cop. I don't think this, is, this film is as good as Time Cop. Which one do you, off the top of your heads, both of you, which one has better science, this film or Time Cop? I think in terms of longevity, Time Cop. Time because Cop. Time Cop has the it, Time Cop inspired stuff that this could not, this would not inspire anything. Yeah, and and there are moments in this that I think I enjoyed more than Time Cop, but I think Time Cop is a better overall film. I think you give it to Time Cop only because I think the science is a little better in Time Cop. Yeah. not much though because there's not a lot of science no. in Slipstream. It it works with what it's got. The Cell Tower thing still like it and will continue to like it. The 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 time travel logic of it and what they present and how it all shakes out little bit of wonk time cop has a little bit of wonk maybe yeah. a little more than a little bit of wonk yeah. to it so uh, it really boiled down to me which one did new or interesting things and i think i'd edge it for time cop yeah agree the facial scar the the policing the timeline yeah um whereas i think this is yeah I would also agree above Mega Time Squad because it's a, it's just a little little bit more wrapped up, nowhere near as good a film. That's not what we're ranking. Uh, so I I'm we're all in line, we're all in agreement. Yeah. I'm very happy for it to be our new number five. five out of six. Yeah, which I think is good, and that's not to say that Slipstream is bad. It is fucking bad. Oh, but, <laughs> definitely. Oh, yeah. say it's but it's bad. bad in a way that you want to sit down with your mates and enjoy how bad it is. Watch yes. this film. Yeah, and that's why. I bought this to the table. Yeah. Because and I was not like, good I want, these, good I want the two guys to watch this who are going to appreciate it for what it really is. Uh, that brings us to the end of everything. Uh, not <laughs> not everything. the end of civilization. <laughs> Although if this was the last film I ever watched, I wouldn't be, <laughs> I wouldn't be miserable. Um, <laughs> Considering uh, the previous film I watched to this was Ant-Man Quantumania. Indeed. I'm so glad I watched oh, this one since that. Yeah, sure. good for you. Is it yeah. better than Ant-Man Quantumania? Oh, uh, yes. yes it's had a better time. Wow. Yeah, exactly. yeah, well done, Adam. Wild. Thank well, you well done, very Adam. much. Know, so yeah. pleased. You're two for two. Time Cop and Slipstream. I've... Both fucking wild, weird <laughs> shit. Do you know what? What he's I doing though, him. I've just realized he's only pulling films he knows you <laughs> will like. Into this. That's what it's he's an doing. audience yeah. of one, yeah. and I fucking yeah. love it. Ah, uh, lads, I look forward to the next time. James, you're up. Uh, uh, God knows what. Uh, after going, after going Almanac, and uh, after getting to the halfway point, or a day Almanac, and now uh, I've forgotten the name of the film we just covered, Slipstream. Slipstream. Uh, <laughs> 2005 Slipstream. We're at the halfway point, and I look so forward to where we go from here because we've got some 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 kind of stuff stocked up, lots of tropes, lots of different stuff, lots of interesting stuff. I'm looking so forward to it, guys. Thank you, as always. Uh, uh, see you next time. Bye. And that brings us to a close of another episode of the Time Travel Film Club. Thank you, as always, dear listener, for tuning in. If you'd like to share TTFC with your Bonnies or your Clydes, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're listening via Apple or Spotify, we would be wildly grateful if you could leave us a rating and a review. 
And if you'd like to get in touch with us, we'd love to hear from you. Please email us at timetravelfilmclub at gmail.com with opinions, questions, recommendations, anything in between, to be honest. I am, of course, up next and choosing yet another... Well, my first film was very non-controversial. My second and third films, far more controversial. So the film I'm having next... Uh, We've talked about cults. This is an actual cult film, and it is 2017's The Endless, which I believe is currently streaming on Netflix. So until then, love from the past. See you in the future.